Hello, everyone, and welcome to Community Conversations, where we talk with members of the PNH community about how they manage their daily lives while also managing their PNH. In this episode, we're going to chat with Elise and Jason, both of whom have PNH, about how they try to find self-compassion when dealing with daily tasks in their PNH. Facilitating that discussion will be Dr. Guy Winch, a renowned clinical psychologist and expert in the science of emotional health. Before we get started, I do need to note that Dr. Guy Winch, Elise, and Jason were compensated by Apellis Pharmaceuticals, Inc. for their time spent preparing for and participating in this discussion. Take it away, Dr. Winch. Thank you very much uh, for that lovely introduction. Um, Self-compassion is super important. Self-compassion, literally, uh, the exercise is, what would you say to a friend in that same situation? Because the idea is we are much kinder to our friends and to our loved ones than we are to ourselves in our own heads. As a therapist, I can tell you that when people tell me a little bit about what their self-criticism is, I usually assume that, okay, that's what they're telling me in their head. It's going to be way, way worse. We can be really savage in our own heads. And what's interesting that psychologically, that has actually zero utility because it's not about the, oh, what, you know, I, I failed here. Or I did, wasn't able to do this. Those are just observations. It's when it comes with real put downs or real feelings that, you know, you feel angry with yourself. It's something that is not your fault. Um, that can be damaging. So the idea of self-compassion, if a friend said to you the exact thing that you're feeling or thinking in that moment, what would you say to them? If you really do that exercise, you'll come up and articulate things that are much kinder. And then that's what you need to say to yourself in those minutes. Again, you have limited bandwidth. Um, spending some of it on self-criticisms is, is truly a waste. Elise, again, I'll start with you. Like, What are some other strategies that you can share with, uh, with everyone here that help you get through the tasks of the day-to-day? -day? Okay. Uh, Jason mentioned the list before. Um, I also make lists, but mine are not like a today to-do list. Mine are the ever-growing, but they have no end date. So for me, not having an end date to them doesn't stress me out as much. It makes me feel better because I've got the list, but I don't have to say, oh, crap, I didn't do this today or shoot, that was supposed to have been done last week. It's, oh, I didn't do that last week. I've got some extra energy this week. Why don't we mow the yard, for example, this week? So that has helped me not be stressed because I used to do the today to-do list and that was just too overwhelming because it wasn't happening. Um, I am also someone who has to prep in advance because I mentioned mornings are tough for me. So luckily I have a job where I wear a uniform. I don't have to decide what color shirt or pants I'm going to wear. I literally lay my entire outfit out and I mean to my underwear lay it out so I don't even have to think about it. Um, set my coffee maker because I do not function without coffee. I am not a good human being. No one would want me to be in customer service without coffee. And that's my main priority at work. So coffee maker is made each night. I prep my lunch to where I literally can wake up, pull it out of the fridge, put the coffee in the cup, and I can walk out the door. If that's all I can do in the morning, I've had a success because now I wear a mask all the time and no one knows what kind of breath I have anyways. And if I'm unable to walk my big furry baby at the end of the day, um, luckily I got lucky. He is like a giant cat. 
He loves a laser light. So I can sit on the couch, not have to move anything but my wrist, and he will tire himself out. So for me, I found a way to feel not as guilty about the small things in life that used to weigh me down. I used to think we had to go on mile-long hikes, and we'd get there, and I'd just be exhausted from getting him in the car and driving there. So now, I again, I have let go of a lot of anger and shame. And I've started being okay with what I can and can't do. So I, I really love that. And what I want to point out that I think happened behind the scenes, I'm assuming, and what I'm suggesting happened behind the scenes for those who are listening, is there was a lot of trial and error that went on yes. here. There was a lot of like, well, this isn't working. What can I do about it? And I think that that's the best approach you can have. In other words, if something isn't working, then you say, um, um, I'm seeing that. Okay. So I'm just looking at a chat message. Um, if something isn't working, then the first question you ask yourself is, what do I need to do differently? What can I try? What can I change? What can I tweak? And then you're on the path of trying to discover something. So even the to-do list for you, you have a general, it would be good to-do list kind of uh, to-do yes. list. And, and Jason, for you, you have a more pointed one, but you prioritize it and you take out the things that aren't essential. Um, I don't know what approach will work for the other people who are listening. You do. And you do because you will try one and that either works well for you. And if not, then try another. But I think that when you're adjusting to and when you're dealing with a, a rare disease and one that has this much uncertainty, the trial and error are the uh, are really important thing ways to go. Um, and I know that we're, we're running short on time a little bit. Um, I just want to let uh, Jason have a go at this question because I think the tips from you guys are really helpful. So Jason, some, uh, what are some tips that you have for people in terms of managing the daily tasks? You know, uh, one thing I realized just the other day, I had a list of things that I needed to do. It was like clean up my office. I had to research some music. I had to, oh, I had to go clean up, clean up the basement a little bit because we had the HVAC guy to come. And then I realized the HVAC guy is not going to care how my basement looks. As long as he can get to the machine, fine. Boom. I abandoned that part of the list. And I did something that I needed to do, but would also give me enjoyment so that my to-do list is not just chores that have to be done, but it is something that I can enjoy. And it was just going through books of music, things that, well, unfortunately are obsolete now, right? So why would I need eight different scores of Handel's Messiah, the chorus score? I don't need eight anymore. So I looked at them, I made sure that there was nothing in there, notes from friends that are now departed or whatever. I didn't need them to the recycling bin. Well, first I put it on Craigslist, see if anybody wanted them, nobody wanted them. So they went, you know, so I tried to not only have my list, prioritize my list, but make sure that the list is something that, you know, I, I can, I can uh, derive some enjoyment and it's going to be beneficial, you know? And so now I'm able to, to look at the music again and, you know, stuff that I, that's just been in my basement that I haven't looked at since we moved. And then COVID is like, oh, I'm, I'm not going out and working anywhere uh, mostly. So, um, but now, you know, it's like, uh, I have all this new music I can look through and I can do my weekly um, song cast that I do. Um, and and just enjoy, and enjoy that and try to to find something that's going to be beneficial but also enjoyable. Wonderful. I, I do want to say something about energy levels because 
I've heard in my discussions with people in the PNH community that, first of all, the uncertainty and the unpredictability sometimes of an energy levels that, you know, you can wake up this morning thinking, I can get this and this done. And then halfway through the day, you're like, maybe not. Um, and again, this is where, A, some self-criticism might come in, and it should not. Um, I say that because I've, uh, I have worked with a lot of marathon runners, and in one case, a professional marathon runner. And what's amazing about professional marathon runners is that is what they do. Their job is to run those you know, 26 miles and to do it as best they can. Yet a surprising percentage of professional marathon runners don't complete the race because they misjudge their energy. That's their job. But it was, it's actually so difficult to judge our energy levels when we are not dealing with PNH and when we're in the fitness levels of a marathon runner. You should certainly understand that when you have PNH, it can be very difficult to predict what you'll have the energy to do at any given time. I therefore suggest that, yes, it's important to have a plan for the day. It's important to have goals. What we know in psychology works best for motivation is to have goals that of moderate difficulty so that it's not too easy, um, but it's also not too frustrating. So set out your goals for the day, make them of moderate difficulty, but then midday reassess, see how you're doing. The thing about PNH is you, you want to have flexibility to change a plan if you need to, to find a different way to do something if you need to, to you know, discover that your dog is cat-like and will run after a pointer. Uh, we have a puppy. Puppies, you know, maybe he'll grow out of it, maybe she'll grow out of it, but right now she runs after. Unfortunately, it's when we turn it towards the TV with the remote and then she tries to jump at the TV. So that's, we have to be careful because she's, that's another thing. Um, but yes, Creativity also um, is the other thing that I was saying there. You people are getting creative. You're just trying to like, what's a creative way to figure this out? And so trial and error and creativity and self-compassion for when things go wrong. Um, and one other thing, it's very individualized. So remember that what works for someone might work for you. And the only way to find out is to give that, um, I think, a try. I do think we are at time now, so I'm tossing it back to you. So thank all of you, all three of you for just sharing your stories. And Dr. Winch, thank you for facilitating that conversation. If you'd like to hear from others in the PNH community or learn more tricks from Dr. Winch, be sure to visit our website at thisispnh.com. We're always adding new resources, video and audio clips, so check back regularly. Thanks for joining us.